Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your hands unto the Lord, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, Lord. We give you glory. Just pray in the spirit for a little while, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. to me hallelujah hallelujah sing it again here i am here i am to worship and here i am to bow down here i 
say that you're my God all together, Lord, all together love me and all together worthy and all together wonderful to me, King of all days, all highly exalted. King of all days, oh so highly, glorious in heaven above. Come on and worship him. This morning lift us worship unto him. Humbly you came to the earth you created. Humbly you came to the earth you created. All for love's sake became poor. Yes, you did. Sing it again, King of all days, oh highly exalted. King of all days, oh so highly exalted. Your glorious in heaven, humbly you came, Lord. Humbly you came to the end, you created. Everybody lift your hands, lift your voice to sing with me. Here I am to worship, and here I am to bow down, and here I am to say that you're my God. All together, all together, lovely, and all together, worthy, and all together, wonderful. One more time, here I am to worship, here I am to worship, and here I am to say that you're my God all together all together love and all together worthy all together wonderful to me we bless you Lord this morning we are here to worship you here to honor your name here to acknowledge who you are to us you are the light of the world the one who stepped into the darkness of this world and your light you released amongst mankind and today we stand here as beneficiaries of that light that shone more than 2,000 years ago yes, when you gave your life and you surrendered your all for us. Yes. We magnify your name this morning. Amen. Thank you that today there's opportunity for your light to shine again, Jesus. which is the light of your word. Jesus. Thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Jesus. Let your word shine forth today. Let your light cause us to see things that otherwise we were not seeing. 
cause your light to quicken us and cause your light to draw us closer unto you. We magnify your name this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Say, Amen again. Amen. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. This morning, I want to share a message with you. And the title of my message is The Other Reasons for Our Salvation. The Other Reasons for Our Salvation. The Other Reasons for Our Salvation. Debut. I send me a message in the title. The other reasons, um, other reasons. Ah, entia yenya enkwaje. Well, as we move on, you will understand. Hallelujah. Amen. So say with me, the other reasons for our salvation. Say it again, the other reasons for our salvation. Amen. Amen. I'm wondering that if I were to ask you that why did Jesus save us? Or what are the reasons for our salvation? I wonder what answers you will give me. And so let me find out from you. Why did Jesus save us? What are the reasons for our salvation? There's chocolate for every good answer. So if you're looking for chocolate to eat this morning, you came to the right place. So tell me this morning, what are the reasons for our salvation? Say that again. Because he loves us. Who loves us? Who loves us again? God or Jesus. Is that not so? So it is one of the reasons for our salvation. He saved us because he loves us. That's a good answer. One chocolate for you. What other reasons can you think of why Jesus saved us? Yes, my brother. So that we will not perish or clap hands for our brother. One of the reasons for our salvation is so that we will not perish. And what does it mean to perish? It means to end up in hell. So that's a very good answer or another good reason for our salvation. I need more from you. Yes, my dear. 
because of our sins. Hallelujah. Amen. That's also another good answer. Clap your hands for our sister. And when I say clap, clap. She's saying that another reason for our salvation is because of our sins. We needed to be saved. You folks are doing very well. Give me one more for the road. Yes. For the kingdom of God to be established on the earth. It's one of the reasons for our salvation. I am I'm impressed with you guys. And you've given me very good reasons. John chapter 3 verse 16. So let me give you some scriptures to confirm what has already been said. For God so loved the world. Let's continue. That he. Everybody read along. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So you can see that right there, two of the reasons that have been given can be found. Reasons for our salvation. If you ask, why did he save us? It is because he loved us. I said, it is because he loved us. Tell the person sitting by you, God loves you. Tell another person, God loves you very much. Tell a third person, God loves you very much. Hallelujah. Amen. For God so loved the world. So one of the reasons why he saved us is because he loves us. Then he says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at John 15 verse 13. It says, greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. So once again we can see. That it is because of the great love that God has for us. That Jesus came. To save us. And to lay his life down for us. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the other reasons why God saved us. One of the other reasons for our salvation. Is so that God can deliver us from Satan's hold. In order to deliver us from Satan's hold. So these reasons that we've mentioned. Are the common reasons. Or the generally known reasons. For our salvation. Why Jesus saved us. And the second reason is that so that God can deliver us from Satan's hold. If anybody were to ask you, why did God save you? This is one of the reasons you can give. That he saved me so that he can deliver me from Satan's hold. Colossians chapter 1 
verse 13 to 14. It says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Did you see that? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? From the power of darkness. Now, this is one of the titles of Satan. He is the power of darkness. He is in charge of darkness. And he is the power who influences darkness. And the Bible says God has delivered us from the power of darkness. And have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of saints. Hallelujah. Amen. So one of the reasons for our salvation. Is so that God can deliver us from Satan's hold. Another person mentioned that God delivered us or one of the reasons for our salvation is because of our sins. So you can put it this way. God saved us to deliver us from the bondage of sin and its consequences. To deliver us from the bondage of sin and its consequences. Romans chapter 6 verse 14. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. From these scriptures, we can see that one of the reasons why God saved us was so that he could deliver us from the bondage of sin and he can deliver us from the consequences of sin so that we will not perish. Another common reason why God saved us is so that we can be made right with God and so that we can be reconciled with him. So one of the reasons for our salvation one of the common reasons for our salvation is so that we can be made right with God and so that we can be reconciled with him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Now, these are all scriptures you must be familiar with because you must be able to give people the reasons for what you believe in. And you must be able to explain to people why you are saved and why you believe you are saved. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 It says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. The King James says, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Give me the new living translation. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. So God saved us so that we could be made right with him. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. Can I have a better amen from amen. somebody? Romans 5 verse 10. New Living Translation again. Romans 5 verse 10. Alright. Give me the King James. Alright, it says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Everybody say, reconciled to God. Say it again, reconciled to God. It says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. By the death of his son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so one of the reasons for our salvation is so that we can be made right with God. And so that we can be reconciled with him. So that we can be friends with God. And so that we can be linked together with God. Hallelujah. Amen. And then the last common reason why we've been saved is so we can enjoy eternity with God. So we can enjoy eternity with God. Revelation 21 verse 2 to 4. And I, John, saw the holy city. The new Jerusalem. Coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying. Behold. The tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow. Nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. There is a place. That we are going to end up at. 
It is called the New Jerusalem. And by we, I'm referring to those of us who are born again. Who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. There is a place where we will end up. A place where we will live forevermore. And we will experience what is called eternity. Or we will experience eternal life. It's a place where there is no more pain. It's a place where there will be no more crying. It's a place where there will be no more sorrow. How many have cried in this life before? How many have cried many times in this life before? How many have been sad in this life before? How many have gone through pain in this life before? Well, the good news is that God saved us so that we can enjoy eternity with him in the new Jerusalem where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. Tell your neighbor you'll not be able to make me cry ever again. Tell him, oh, you made me cry before. And it wasn't good. But the time is coming. You won't be able to make me cry again. Tell the person, oh. First John chapter 5, 11 to 13. First John chapter 5, verse 11 to 13. Remember that I'm sharing with you the other reasons for our salvation. But I'm just showing you the common and the known reasons for our salvation. What generally everybody knows. And in 1st John chapter 5 verse 11 to 13. It says and this is the record. That God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So ladies and gentlemen, Kephrenpon, come up a little bit for me. One of the reasons for our salvation is so that we can enjoy eternity with God. When I talk about eternity with God, it may not be exciting for some of you because you really enjoy the earth. You like this world. You like this life. If that is how it is for you, then there is a big problem. A very big problem. But ladies and gentlemen, there is a place that God has prepared for us. And one of the reasons why he saved us is so that we can end up in this place. How many have booked your ticket on the Zion train to heaven? If you don't raise your hand, it is unto you. I don't intend to remain here. 
but I intend to see him on the other side. Hallelujah. Amen. So I've given you five reasons for our salvation. These are the, the usual reasons that people will mention when you ask them, why did he save you? Number one, because of God's great love for us. Number two, because he wanted to deliver us from Satan's hold. Number three, he wanted to deliver us from the bondage of sin and its consequences. That means he didn't want us to perish. Number four, so that we can be made right with God and reconciled with him. And number five, so we can enjoy eternity with God. Five common reasons for our salvation. But I want to say something to you, my friends. If these are the only reasons why God saved us, then he should have ejected us from this world as soon as he saved us. I'll say that again. If the reasons that I mentioned are the only reasons for our salvation, then there's no reason why we should be here. On he should have ejected us. He should have given us yiredro. He should have given us disappearing medicine. <laughs> so then, as soon as you are saved, no, then you are. Because, if you say, if these are the only reasons, then what's the use of being here? Why are we still here? It cannot be that these are the only reasons why after saving us he has kept us here. There must be other reasons why God saved us. And there must be other reasons for our salvation. Because these other reasons will now explain why we are still here. Because there's too much trouble in this Too many struggles. The other day, an auntie was telling us that she was there when somebody called her to tell her that somebody has brought her name to him to kill her. Have you received any call like that before? Is there anybody who's received such a call before? Hey. Hey. Wow. It's, it, it happens. You are there now. Somebody has called you. And you explain to you that somebody brought somebody told me that somebody has brought your picture here that I should kill you. But I've realized that you're a good person. And so I don't want to do it. So I want us to talk. Now usually when they say I want us to talk. 
It's not just talk. It's not just talk, talk. What does it usually mean? You for pay some money. Now, this auntie told us that when she received that call, her response to the fellow was that go ahead and kill me (laughs) for I'm tired of this world. There are too many problems here. And I think the person got annoyed and hung up the phone. Because he realized that this is not the kind of victim I'm looking for. You see, some of you, you scare so easily. When you hear something like that, no. Please. Nobody can kill you before your time. I said nobody can kill you before your time. Your life and your destiny are in the hands of God. And if God says that you are not ready to die, nobody can kill you prematurely. May I declare to somebody today that you shall not die but you shall live to declare the glory of God. If they have told you something that has put fear in your heart, please understand that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. I declare to you today that you will not die prematurely, but you will live long, and you will fulfill your purpose on this earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm emphasizing again that there must be other reasons why God has left us here on earth which are like other reasons for our salvation. And that is what I want to share with you. One of the other reasons is that God has saved us with the expectation that we will work for him to save others. One of the other reasons why God saved us, one of the other reasons for our salvation is because God has an expectation that after saving us, we will work with him. We will work with him to save others. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, a reason like this will explain why after saving us, God has not taken us out of this land. He has worked for us. He has work for us. He has work for us. His plan is to work with us. His plan is to use us to save others. If there was no such plan, then being here doesn't make sense. But there is a reason why we are here. And God has an expectation that after saving us, we will avail ourselves that we will work with him to save others. Mark chapter 16. 
And reading from verse 15. Tell your neighbor, I've been saved to save. Say it again, I've been saved to save. Mark 16, verse 15 to 16. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. This is Jesus. He was speaking originally to his disciples. But by extension, he was speaking to you and I. And to everybody who was going to be saved in the process of time. In this scripture, he is revealing to us one of the reasons why he saved us. Why did he save me? Why did he save you? One of the reasons why he did so is because he has a plan to use us to save us. And so he says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved. God has a plan to save others. But included in that plan is to use those he has already saved to save the others. It means that for others to be saved, those who have been saved must reach out to them, must talk to them about Jesus, must share the good news of Jesus with them, must tell them about the love of God, must warn them about the dangers of hell, must tell them that they will not live forever but the time will come when they will exit this and Jesus is the way he is the truth he is the lie he is the only access to the father others have to hear this people have to hear this and God has a plan and God has an expectation that after saving you and you and you and you and you and you after saving us he has a beautiful plan he has a great expectation that he's saving us so that we will tell others about Jesus so that we can explain to others what has happened to us and give them an opportunity to find this Jesus also for themselves so that they can be saved. If we don't tell them, if we don't reach out to them, if we don't share this good news with them, they will not be saved. And that is one of the reasons why God saved us. It is one of the reasons why he's left us here on earth. Because he has a plan. He has an expectation that I'm saving Omega. That I'm saving Sairam. 
that I'm saving Paul. That I'm saving Elizabeth. Elizabeth. That I'm saving Ruby. That I'm saving Christian. That I'm saving Deborah. Deborah. So that they can save us. There is a reason. There is a reason. There is a reason. Why he saved us. And that reason must be fulfilled. And that reason must be carried out. John chapter 15 verse 16. Hallelujah. Amen. John 15 16. Ye have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. And ordained you. Tell your neighbor you've been ordained. Yeah. So if you want to call yourself reverend, go ahead. Because you've been ordained. I didn't make this up. I saw it in the word of God. Or you didn't see it there. It says, ye have not chosen me. But I have chosen you and ordained you. Who has ordained you? Who has ordained you? So you are ordained. Hallelujah. From today, don't allow any pastor or bishop or prophet to intimidate you again. When they try to intimidate you, tell them that me too, I have been ordained. When they say, what do you mean? Tell them John 15, 16. That's all. When they ask you, why are you saying what you are saying? Tell them John 15, 16. So when they say, touch not my anointed <laughs> and do my prophet no harm, tell yourself that that scripture is talking about me. Don't let anybody frighten you with that scripture ever again in your life. Say that I am the anointed. I have been ordained by God. Clap your hands for Jesus, somebody. He said, you have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. And ordained you. That you should go. And bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the father in my name. He may give it to you. This is what the word of God is saying. He says, you didn't choose me. But I chose you. What he was saying is that I've saved you. I've reached out to you. I have drawn you closer to myself. And I've ordained you. That means I have prepared you. As you sit here today. God has prepared you. God has ordained you to do something great in this life. And he's explained what that thing is. He says so that you will go and bring forth fruits. God is not talking about mangoes. He's not saying that you should be a mango farmer. Or orange farmer. Or cocoa. Which one is sweet apple? Is it not the Alugutugui also? But its real name is Sarasap. Her name is not nice. I like Aluguntugui. God has not 
did, did not save you so that you become an alugutugui farmer. God did not save you to go and bear fruits of uh, uh, banana, guava, cassava. Cassava is not a fruit. It's plantain a fruit? It's what? It's a tuber. <laughs> or it's a vegetable. Charlie Dog, what is plantain? You are not sure about that. Obi Mwami. Plantain is plantain. Oh, but it belongs to. Somebody says it's a vegetable. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen. God has not saved us so that we will become plantain farmers, cocoyam farmers, orange farmers. The fruits that he's talking about there are none of the above. He's talking about fruits of souls. He's talking about fruits of other human beings. And this scripture is revealing one of the reasons for our salvation. One of the reasons why God has saved us. One of the reasons why Jesus went through everything that he went through. And this is the reason that I'm saving you so that I can use you to save others. You are a fruit that I have borne. But I want to use you to bear other fruits. I want to use you to affect other lives. I want to use you to influence other people. So that what you have experienced, they will also experience the same. He said that ye should go and bring forth fruits. And that your fruit should remain. And I like what he says after that. From what he's saying. No, no, no. Go back to 16. From what he says. After what I just read to you. You can see how important it is to him. That we bear fruits. We can see how important it is to him. That he, he, we allow him to use us to reach out to others. So important it is to him that he has added a promise. A promise. He says that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. I know that you know this scripture. I'm sure that you've quoted it many times when you pray. There's a father. He said in your head. That whatsoever I shall ask you. In your name. In the name of Jesus. You give it to me. So oh God. I need visa. I want to go to Ukraine. <laughs> Why did you say here? There are some my brothers in Nigeria. They say they want to go and fight. They mm. fight some. Mm. Give me Ukraine. I don't want to stay in Nigeria. <laughs> it's fantastic. 
So he said, Father, I need a job. You said, whatsoever I shall ask in the name of Jesus, you give it to me. So give me a job. Many times, we've used this part of this scripture to pray. But what we don't realize is that this part of the scripture is linked to the first part. The first part of the scripture is saying, you have not chosen me. But I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. After that, there is a colon. It means that what he's about to say is connected to what he has already said. And so it means that this thing that says that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Is connected to bearing fruits. Is connected to fulfilling the reason why God saved us. It's connected to the reason why God, after saving us, has left us here. And He's assuring us that when we carry out His expectation, then what is going to happen is that He'll be so happy with us that whatever we ask Him in the name of Jesus, He may give it to us. Perhaps, perhaps. It is possible that the reason why certain prayers haven't yet been answered, the reason why certain needs have not yet been met, is because we are not fulfilling the part A so that the part B can be accomplished in our lives. I tell you, God, eh, He is not a spare tire. And God is not just somebody you can use. He's a God who has a reason for everything that he does. And he's a God who runs by certain principles. And there are many promises he's made in his word. But don't let anybody ever deceive you into thinking that the promises of God are unconditional. His promises are conditional. His promises of blessings are conditional. And God, he knows those who are doing their best to fulfill his will. And such people, he blesses them powerfully. And right here we see that when we partner with God to reach out to others, to help to save others, then God takes a special interest in us in what concerns us. As we make his desires our prerogative, as we make what he wants a priority in our lives, then what we want, then what we need, he also takes an interest in them. And that is when he begins to bless us mightily. I need you to understand 
that there is a reason that God has saved us. And one of the reasons why he saved us, which is one of the other reasons for our salvation, that perhaps doesn't occur to many of us, is that he saved us so that he can use us to save others. I will continue next week. But let me say this to you. God is counting on us. He is. And God is looking up to us. To begin to take an interest in what interests God. God is counting on us to avail ourselves to him so that he can use us to affect other lives. And this is something that must be ringing in your head and in your heart. If you are part of this commission, if you are part of the shepherd's fold, then I want you to understand clearly that it's not just about coming to church and having fun and going home. There is a higher expectation that God has where your life is concerned. And there are people that God wants to use you and I to affect. And we must not disappoint God. I said we must not disappoint God. Let's not just come and go and come and go. Without this expectation of God burning in our hearts and in our minds. Let us not just keep coming to church and going back without thinking about what God wants. Without thinking about what makes God happy. Without embracing his call on our lives. Without embracing his plan to use us to save others. I want each and every one of us to believe that God has actually saved us so that he can use us to save us. So that a time should come that any time you are coming into his house, you are always thinking, who else can I come with? Who else can I bring? Who else can I reach out to? Which other life can I impact? Because heaven is counting on us. Because God is counting on us. And there are so many opportunities God gives us. So that he can use us to save us. In your neighborhood. In your community where you live. At your workplace. With the people you meet. God's expectation. Is that he will use you. To save others. To reach out to others. And so Eugenio. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for your life. Right there in that greenhouse. He has a plan for you. 
Ella. Ella. He has a plan for you. Your salvation is not just something that occurred. There is a plan attached to it. There is a reason for it. And the reason is he wants to use you to reach out to others. May that time come where any time we are coming to this place, we are coming not alone but we are coming with others I said that we are coming with others because he's chosen us and he's ordained us that we should go and bring forth fruit and that our fruit should remain now this thing that I'm telling you a time will come when you will say that pastor you said it you told us but we didn't believe it we thought that it was meant for somebody else. But we didn't think it applied to us. Everything that I've said today applies to each and every one of us. Whether you are educated or not. Whether you are old or not. Whether you are employed or not. Whether everything is okay or not. God has a message for you. And this message is that there are other reasons for your salvation. Apart from the, apart from the reasons that benefit you directly. There are other reasons for your salvation which are supposed to benefit others. And God's plan in saving you is that he will use you to save others. And I don't want us to disappoint God in this church. I said I don't want us to disappoint God in this church. Each and every one of us. Is she asleep? Each and every one of us has a role to play in meeting the expectation of God. Don't look at yourself and tell yourself that I can't do my... Sit up, sit up, sit up, sit up. Sit up, well, sit up. You have worms. You'll be fine. I'm saying God has an expectation for each and every one of us. Today I didn't bring an exciting message to you. It's a solemn message. It's a solemn message. Because it is my duty and my responsibility to tell you these things. Unfortunately, sometimes you turn as pastors into motivational speakers to tell you things that will excite your senses that will satisfy your itching ears because there are things you want to hear and it's not wrong to hear certain things there are these messages that encourage us that motivate us and we preach them and we will continue to preach them but let's not forget that the main thing is still the main thing. That God didn't save us for a joke. That God didn't just save us so that we'll book our ticket on the train to heaven. He saved us because he wants to use us. I say he wants to use us. As you are, he wants to use you. Don't let that day come. 
when you stand before him and then you cry out and say if only I had known because when you say that the answer would be that you knew you cannot say that you didn't know you cannot say that you've never heard this before and some of you have heard it over and over and over and over again but today God is reminding us one more time there is work for us to do. I said there is work for us to do. Right here. We are on a mission. We have a duty. We have a charge to keep. And that charge is to please the master. And to carry out the reason why he came to shed his blood It's the first Sunday of the year. And we are going to have communion. Yeah, yeah, before communion. And today's communion is supposed to remind us about Jesus Christo. and what he did for us. And also to remind us that he has an expectation of all of us. An expectation that we will partner with him to reach out to others. As we've started this home cell it is supposed to drive the, 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 the spirit of evangelism in this church. We've started these home sales so that we can reach out to people in our communities. Tell them about Jesus and help to bring them into the house. That is one of the main reasons why we've launched them. And I'm going to talk a lot more about the But I'm saying to you that it is enough of that self-centered life. That life where you only think of yourself. The things that will make you happy. The things that will make you fulfilled. The things that will make your life nice. God has something higher in mind for you. Because it's it's not just about you, but it's so much about others also. May something shift drastically in our hearts. May something change significantly in our lives. Where our lives will not just be about ourselves and about what we want, but about what God wants and about the reason for our salvation. Rise up to your feet and I'll continue next week. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We thank you, Father, for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you of what your spirit is reminding us of. We are blessed to be a part of what you've started here. We are blessed to be a part of the Shepherd's Food Restoration family. Yes, we like it when we come around. We enjoy being in your presence. Worshipping you. Dancing to your glory. Hearing the word of God being preached. Fellowshipping with one another. But often, Father, we tend to ignore one of the most solemn reasons for our salvation which is that you have saved us intending to use us to save others that you have chosen and ordained us 
to use us as instruments to save others. We want to say, Father, we are sorry for all the times when we ignore this charge that you've placed on our lives. And even today, as we've even heard your word, there's a certain insensitivity to your word. Father, forgive us. Forgive us of this. And I pray that you would touch our hearts and cause something to burn inside of us. Let there be a stirring in our hearts. Let there be a certain passion in our hearts. A passion to reach out to others and draw them to Christ. To make you happy and pleased with us. Holy Spirit, go to work in our hearts from today. Let something change. Let something shift. Let a certain fire begin to burn in our hearts. In the name of Jesus. I do not want to be a pastor of a church of relaxed believers and Christians who are just happy, just coming, jumping about and join your house and go back and nothing has changed and there's not much thought or consideration of why God has saved us. I refuse to be such a pastor. I pray that together with your people, lead us into fulfilling the reasons for our salvation. I thank you, Father, for today. In Jesus' mighty name. And as every head is bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray with you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Maybe you're watching and you really don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Perhaps the word of God has touched your heart and you realize that God is on the lookout for you. But today, I want, to, I want you to pray with me, Pastor. And I'll be happy to pray with you. If you want to give your heart to Jesus, today, lift up your right hand wherever you are. And I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. I see your heart. I see your heart. God bless you. If you are watching wherever you are, lift up your hand if you want to receive Jesus as Lord. God bless you. Now, I want all of us to pray this prayer. Close your eyes and say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, today I come to you just as I am. Oh God, please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I will serve you. I will live for you. The one who died for me. Help me God through your Holy Spirit to serve you and to live for you. Oh God, please write my name in the book of life. I thank you Father for hearing my prayer. I am saved. I am saved. I am born again. I am a child of God. I thank you Father in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus two three three two four three eight eight six six two two. God bless you.